Welcome back to another episode of the Iron Pulse Podcast. Today, Kyle and I are going to be discussing the top three challenges that we face since we had the idea of starting a clothing brand many moons ago. So this isn't before like we had the idea to start it because we started with like a traveling gym and no name and like all this stuff. This is kind of after that when we <laughs> when we knew that we wanted to get into the apparel side of things and starting, um, yeah, starting from there. So we can kind of, we can get started with that. Kyle, did you want to take it away? Yeah. So, I, I mean, like Cam mentioned, you know, clothing wasn't the first thing that we came out of the bat with. We, we had a couple other ideas beforehand. We even started all of this without even having a name, like you mentioned. So as soon as we realized we wanted to do apparel, we started doing what probably everybody else does when they're curious about something and don't know the answer. We just started Googling and looking at things on websites and trying to find reviews of places and companies. And we stumbled across one that um, was an Australian based company. And after talking with them, you know, they were telling us all this stuff and it sounded great. We were doing our due diligence about the company, trying to find negative reviews, trying to find all these different things. And at that time, we were doing everything that I think made sense in terms of the way that we found the company. We talked to them, we interviewed them to see if, you know, we thought what they were going to provide us was something that we would need and that it fit everything we were looking for. We tried to do research on the company themselves and we were taking everything that they were telling us with face value, meaning we didn't really understand or know how, com how complex the apparel market is. And, everything that they were telling us, we would take that and say, okay, like, that's great. You know, we trust them. We, you know, they're going to give us the best deal. They'll, you know, do all this only come to find out, you know, as which we've talked about in multiple podcasts before, but as soon as the payment went through, you know, conversations slowed down and they weren't really doing what we um, had initially asked them to do in the beginning. And so over time, got rid of that company, stopped working with them. Then we found another one. And we started working with them. It was a much better working relationship. And, you know, we trusted the company. They've worked with other companies before that we were aware of. And whenever it came time for production, we were talking about MOQs and whatnot. And we thought that what they were telling us was the lowest MOQ that, you know, we could produce custom clothing for, which at the time, just kind of like similar, like the first time we were kind of taking that as face value. You know, this is a great company. They've worked with so many other brands and they said, this is the lowest MOQ. So we took it and ran with it only to come to find out that, you know, obviously there, there are better options out there. And so I guess, um, the big piece of advice I have with this, and I think that's what we struggled with in the beginning was not only doing your due diligence on the company that you find. So, you know, we did all the research, we found these two companies and we thought these are the perfect two companies at the time. Um, not only doing your due diligence on those, but also understanding if they tell you something, you know, do your research on what they tell you. Don't do it about what they tell you on that specific company, but take what they tell you. If they say, Hey, this is the lowest, then start searching for MOQs that are lower than that. Or if they say, this is how you do custom clothing, start doing research on other ways to do custom clothing, because basically every company is going to try to get you to stay with them. And yeah. You know, overall, I just think we were a little bit naive in the whole custom creation process at the beginning. And over time, you know, I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything because obviously all of those have played into where we are at this point. But 
basically what I'm trying to say is don't take something that someone tells you at face value just because you're researching that specific company and thinking that's the best because there's always going to be another option or a or better option out there uh, if you keep looking. Yeah, it's it's been a roller coaster. And to Kyle's point, like we we learned more from experience, obviously. Uh, it's, you can sit there and try to do as much research as possible, listen to as many podcasts, read as many blogs, um, you know, buy as many online courses as you want to, seminars, whatever the case may be. But everybody's experience and what they go through and what they, you know, what decisions they make, it's going to lead to a different outcome. And so, you, you know, you're not going to go into this knowing all the answers. And Kyle and I found that out. Anybody that's ever started a business or has, you know, done anything with their life, you know, things have not gone the way that they thought that they would. You're always going to run into something uh, that's a little bit different. But yeah, that the first launch, I mean, Kyle, we spent uh, so much money. A lot. So much money. A lot for, of money. You know, easily over 30 grand. Easily. And this was for five, for five items, one color. Five items, one color. So, I mean, we knew that it wasn't sustainable. Like that was, that's why we started looking again for new manufacturers after that, because we knew that we couldn't afford another launch like that. I mean, you know, five, five items, one color of each, like for that much money, there's no way. Like we, we knew it. We made the decision like, look, we got to go find one smaller MOQs, uh, you know, different manufacturers to work with and basically cut out the middleman. We got to go straight to the source of the manufacturer which kind of gets us into our second challenge, which is the manufacturing side of things. My God, is it annoying. And it's annoying because we, especially like we, we deal a lot with people overseas. Um, obviously to, to kind of piggyback off of what Kyle said before, basically is like every company makes their business seem like it's part of a utopian society. It's perfect. It's not flawed in any way, shape, or form. It's kind of the same way, you know, with manufacturing uh, with you know, overseas as well. Um, and same thing here, but but anyway. So with the manufacturing overseas, like you talk to these people, and we've we've found people on just their normal website. We found people on like importing and exporting. We found people on at like Alibaba. Uh, we've t- we've talked to a bunch of people. And everybody's like, oh, yes, we can do it. Yep, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. We, we are a- as clear with the communication as possible. And this is one of the biggest things that pisses me off. And Kyle, I know that you're there too. And it's, we go through all this stuff like, yes, we can make it. Yes, we can do this. Yes, we have this material. Yes, we have this fabric. Blah, blah, blah. We, we have all the specs. We don't need anything else from you. We can get it done. To have them literally after the payment, 5, 10, 15 minutes later, come back start asking questions like, oh, hey, uh, or saying like, we can't do this. Or like, hey, um, we need to change this. Or like, we can't get it exactly like this, but we could, it's like they all of a sudden start telling you after the payment, right? They start telling you like all the shit that they can't do, all the things that they, you know, aren't, that aren't gonna be perfect, samples that you think that they can make based off of, you know, you know reviews or like different, uh, different items that you've seen on their website, whatever the case is. It's just like, it's, it's not a scam per se. Some, some of the companies are. You have to look at verified and trade assurance companies uh, if you work with Alibaba manufacturers. Um, but like you can see that they make items on Alibaba, right? Like they are manufacturers making items, putting it on there to sell. 
So that said, like you can have them do custom items like Kyle and I have done in case you're you know looking for that. And usually it comes with a smaller MOQ, but they may not be able to like nail down the material you want or the design that you want per se. It's going to depend on the company that you use. But yeah, as soon as they accept the payment, it's like you're in a whole different argument. I've been in an argument with a lady on on like a manufacturing company on Alibaba since February, since February, we're still going every time, every day, there is still an excuse. There is all an excuse. And then here, here's the biggest downside Alibaba. Their support sucks. It sucks. I've not had a good experience with them with any of their support. Um, so we, we've had, we've had companies accept payment. Then two months later, tell us that they can't do the items. Well, two months, you're supposed to be manufacturing that. What have you been doing for two months? They're, on their end, they've, I'm sure they've been trying to figure out how to get it done and they just can't. So then, you know, at that point in time, like we're past the point of like being able to leave a review. We have to escalate it to Alibaba, like their support team. And when we get it there, it's like, okay, you submit the evidence. You literally like, you can submit screenshots of chat. Like you can see all this stuff, right? And they can see all this stuff too. So we, we've submitted uh, chat logs of like them saying, oh yeah, we're in the wrong here. We screwed up. Like we owe you this. Like we're going to get it done, blah, blah, blah. Like literally admitting fault. Like I, there could have not have been any more evidence and still being turned away because Alibaba is like, well, they either have like no more funds in their accounts. Like they took it and, and you know, went, went a different way or they, they moved it to a different account or like. Uh, they said that they would meet you in the middle or like, and it's like, so kind of we're losing money we're losing items, whatever the case may be. And it's not even our fault. Like it's not because this is like the latest one. The lady I'm arguing with right now, you know, Kyle and I paid, uh, I would say in short, like a grand for a, a couple items and they screwed up. They screwed up on some of them. So Kyle and I, you know, we didn't, we didn't use them. The, to piggyback off of that, the lady's like, we'll give you a hundred dollars back. We admit fault. We, we know we screwed up. We're going to get it done. We're going to blah, blah, blah. We'll give you a hundred dollars. And it's like, that's not even remotely close to the cost of what the items, what the items are. And you know, you admit fault. So we escalated to Alibaba. We get, I'm, I'm emailing them. I'm submitting all the proofs. I'm like, look here, they said they're going to do it. They said they're going to pay us back in full, whatever the case is. Like all of that information was submitted. Alibaba comes back and they're like, well, they look like, you know, they're going to give you a hundred dollars. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like that is the most frustrating thing ever. And, and it, they're, they're all overseas, right? So it's like, you can't, you got to take the good with the bad. The good is that they can do a lower MOQ. Um, some of the companies have actually been really good that we've worked with, some of the manufacturers we worked with. The bad is that there are always going to be these companies that just want your money and they say that they're going to do everything, you know, whether they're verified, their trade assurance, like all this shit that makes them, um, that gives them like all of the good looks on Alibaba. They've got good reviews, blah, 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 whatever the case is. It doesn't like you could still have a terrible experience with them. And that's the risk that you have to take. Kyle and I, like we've had bad experiences with companies, obviously, like we've had good experiences with companies. Um, even if you have the proof with Alibaba that they admit that they're in the wrong, they admit they owe you money, they admit that they owe you products, you, you're you still probably not going to get it. You're not going to get it back. 
Um, and we've, we've found that out and trust me, like if they're, if you know me, especially like, especially like, you know, Kyle knows me a lot. I, I will not leave a stone unturned. I've been arguing with this lady for the better half of five months now for a hundred bucks. And it's just because like, I'm so pissed and I'm so committed to this long run of getting this back. Like I'm, I'm in there. I am in there. I'm in the trenches. Like, uh, it's just, it's so frustrating. It is so frustrating, but yeah, manufacturing, it's just every company, they try to chalk it up to make it seem like they are everything you need. They've never done anything wrong. They're amazing. They're great. They're this and that. And then you either get the sample, you see the item or, you know, you talk to them about the specs. They say that they can do it. They can't do it. But the only way that you're going to find that out is by seeing it yourself, by asking them to, yeah, trial and error, having them send you a sample and you seeing firsthand that they they couldn't piss in a pot even if they wanted to like it's just that's just how it goes that's that's the name of the game unfortunately so especially with peril i will say especially with peril because so many companies are trying to like hop on the active train right like active wear is huge athleisure is huge so everybody and their mother especially overseas they are making items and they're putting it out there to sell. If you can find good companies to work with that you can trust, it's like having a good mechanic. If you if you can have a good mechanic that you know is actually offering you a fair price, they're not trying to screw you over because you don't know what you're talking about. You know that it's the same thing with manufacturing, right? Like that goes a long way. If you have a good manufacturer, uh, you know, take care of that relationship, build that relationship. And Kyle and I, we always go into this, like we always go into these, uh, basically these interviews, quote unquote. With like, look, like we're looking to build relationships. Like we've talked to so many companies that we're getting very, we're getting a lot better. We're getting pretty, pretty good with asking the right questions, knowing the right answers, knowing the wrong answers, knowing how to wean out the good from the bad or the bad from the good. And, but like it, it comes at a price, right? It comes at a price of what we've obviously gone through and paid these last few years and what we're continuing to do. Um, you just, it's sometimes it is what it is, right, Kyle? I mean, we've, we've had some manufacturing journeys for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm hoping it gets easier. Yeah. But yeah. I don't even know. I don't know if it'll get easier. It, it should, it'll get easier as the company grows because then there, you know, you can make more items and when you can make more items and you have a bigger audience to sell to, then your scope and your pull of manufacturing companies and their their minimum order quantities that obviously expands when you are in a shrunken room because you only have you know 20 30 40 50 60 70 you know moq for like a color to work with your pool is limited um for actually good companies to work with and at a fair price i should say because a lot of them will they're willing to do like you know, 30, 40, 50 of an item, but the price is going to be a lot higher. Obviously the less that you want to make, the less you want to produce, the more expensive it's going to be because they want to increase their margins as well. You know, cause the, the dollar here is not the same obviously as the dollar value over there, no matter where you work um, overseas, right? There's always going to be a conversion. So we, we've worked with a few conversions. We've had some bank issues <laughs> with conversions. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a process. I So for anybody like 
for anybody listening to this and trying to look for a manufacturer, I would say do as much research as possible. Usually the companies that have their own websites, uh, they're going to be more like high end, I would say. So like if you go and find them on Google, they're probably more high end and they're probably not overseas. You're probably getting somebody local that's going to be uh, a higher MOQ, higher prices. If you want to try your luck on Alibaba, like a lot of people use it. We, like I said, we've used it for manufacturers too. You just, you have to be able to talk to more than one though. And once you open up an RFQ, which is like basically a request saying, Hey guys, I want to make hoodies. Okay. Your inbox is going to be flooded with people. It's like gnats flying to fruit. Like people, like they just, they, they swarm you swarm, swarm, swarm. That's just what it becomes. And you know, so then check out the reviews, check out, um, basically where their orders are, where they're sending orders. You can see all this on Alibaba, whether or not it's accurate. I couldn't tell you because I don't run the back end of Alibaba, but all this information is available to you. Try to do as much diligence as possible. Look at reviews, look at pictures, especially because you can see picture reviews. Um, a lot of reviews I'm sure are fake. I'm sure are fake. So you, you gotta be able to see, uh, and test where they're from. Kyle and I would love to leave some reviews on some companies, but you, your, your window is limited. Your window is limited. I think up until the order's closed and they can close the order at any time. So like the manufacturer can close the order basically like whenever they want to. And once they close that order, you can't leave a review anymore. Cause trust me, I'm ready to leave this lady a nasty review but I can't anymore because uh, the order's closed because it's been five months. So manufacturers, we, we're still looking for our good ones the, in terms of like relationships. Our quality is great. I think it's great. I think our items that we've made are great, but somebody on the other end, when it comes to actually like being ethical and having integrity and morals, they freaking screw it up. They screw it up. Um, so we're still, we, we found a couple that we're happy with, um, and we're going to keep building those relationships, but we're obviously always looking for more because to kind of say, segue back to what Kyle said, like talking about face value, there's always a better option out there. There's always going to be a better option out there, no matter what you're doing, right? Nobody, nobody's ever optimized their life to perfection. And there's, there's always <clears throat> somebody better. So you just, you got to be able to work with what you have and continue to look, find ways to cut costs, find ways to uh, specialize in the products that you're trying to make, so on and so forth. You're going to, you're going to get headaches dealing with manufacturers, especially overseas because they're up when you're sleeping. So you got to stay up with them to actually get stuff done. Whew. I'm good. I think that pretty, pretty much leads us into our third one. Unless you wanted to add anything on to the manufacturing train. No, I think you uh, covered all of it and more. Oh yeah. Well, we can get into the third one then. So we've had number one, taking things at face value. Number two, manufacturing. And number three, our Achilles heel, what has pushed us down more times and picked us up is social media. Where do we even begin? <laughs> Where do you want to start with that one, Kyle? Oh boy. Um, it's kind of hard to pick a starting spot even because I still feel like we don't fully understand or um, use it probably to the best of our advantage. I think we're getting better, but um, 
it's just such a it's a full-time job yeah it really is it's not especially if you want to be really good at it like it's not something you can do two to three times a week and expect something to happen no and going viral while you see a lot of people that do it that's just what the algorithm shows you think about how many people are out there using social media think about how many of them go viral Right. It's still a, it's still a, a pretty small pool. Now, TikTok has obviously made that a lot easier um, in turn. And I say a lot easier because in compare in comparison to like Facebook and, and Twitter um, and Instagram, you know, it's not as easy. But it, it still doesn't mean that TikTok makes everybody go viral. And even if you go viral once, let's say you get 350,000 views, 400,000 views. Um, it doesn't mean anything else for the rest of your videos. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to be able to quit your job the next day and your life is going to be taken care of now for social media. It is a full-time job. Kyle and I, like, we'll admit it. We are not good with social media. Now, you might think, oh, that's an excuse. Learn it. Get better at it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever. You got to do it. We understand we have to do it. That's why we are doing it. We're pushing along. Um, we're, you know, posting every day. I think we struggle with the algorithm. I think the algorithm has always been a struggle for us because it changes so heavily. And I think it's just like social media in a whole is there's more to it than just showing what you're doing, showing what you're doing. It's not just like, Hey guys, I made pancakes today. Uh, now I'm taking my dog for a walk. It's as much as you want to believe that that's what it is. There's a lot more to it than just that. Um, you know, the hashtags, the sounds, the the quality of the image the quantity of said image that has quality videos are doing better than ever now which video do you want to do do you want to do youtube shorts tiktoks uh pinterest idea pins do you want to have instagram reels hgtv is that still even a thing on or whatever it is on instagram um stories you know there's so many ways to go about it and kyle and i like We've seen it that it's it's obviously not the same on each platform because like we could post something on TikTok, like two views, two views, one like, and it's either me or Kyle, whatever one actually saw it. And we'll post it on Instagram, 100, 200, 300 likes. Well, okay, well, what's the difference here? Like, what, what are we missing? Um, which is why like so people that obviously social media is their life, they, they charge a lot for their services. Right. Um, but that said, not everybody that obviously has social media and is very good at it on their own terms is going to be good on other people's terms. So like somebody might have a million followers on social media, let's say Instagram or TikTok, for example, but they might you know, and that might be their job, but they might not be able to help like Kyle and I out because they know nothing about either one apparel, uh, two, like our vision and mission for the company of what we've you know been building it off of. So, you know, we could be paying them X number of, of dollars for like no return, no conversion, no engagement. And it's, it's a, it's a tightrope. You're walking a tightrope with it, especially when you, you run a business. Personal brand means a lot. I think it means more today than it's ever uh, uh, that it's ever meant before because you know everybody they stick with their personal brand first it's very important to create that and then from there they go into like a, a business brand like an actual brand 
And I mean, Kyle and I, like, we, it's no secret, like, our personal brands are not good on social media. You put us in a room with people, we're, I think that we're, we're very good. We're very personable, uh, empathetic. Like, I think that there are, we have the traits to actually talk to people in person, like a one-on-one. I think that we're, I think that we are very good with that. It does not translate to social media as much as I would like it to. I'm sure Kyle, as much as you would like it to as well. It just, it doesn't do that. Social media has, has been, I think, I think we've been doing better. I mean, what's your take? I think that you've been doing a good job with, um, making it look clean, professional and, and attached to the niche that we're trying to target. Yeah. I mean, we're doing a, a reel every single, uh, work day. So Monday through Friday, along with a post and Instagram story and podcast every Wednesday. So I, our consistency and quality is there. Like, you know, I'll have people tell me how nice the Instagram page looks and, you know, people seem to be liking the reels that we're putting out. So I think we're definitely making good progress and, you know, I think whenever I, I come out to Denver at the end of the year, we're only going to press on the gas even harder. I mean, it'll be an opportunity for Cam and I to get content any any day of the week, any time of the day that we want, um, opposed to, I mean, really the only times that we're able to get really good content and quality for us is when I'm out there for two to three weeks at a time. And so I think that, you know, just overall moving forward, it's only going to even get better. Right. Yeah. I mean, for the company to continue, yeah, it has to, has to get better. There has to be, uh, you know, social media, there has to be growth. You know, I, when it comes to like, I don't know, shadow banning or whatever, all these other like limitations are for social media. I don't know all of them. Maybe I should. I, I just don't. Like, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's not true. I don't know if they care, you know, if they look at your, your IP, uh, your location. Like, I have no idea how that works. And, you know, I probably should. But it's just, it's so weird. Because, like, you post something that does really well. And then maybe in an hour or two hours or the next day, you post something similar that's, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with what did well. And it is, it's like crickets. It's like nothing. Right. So at one minute you feel like you're on top of the world. Next minute you are down in the dragon's lair. It's just, that's just how it is. It's social media. Um, but it helps companies. It helps people succeed. Like it's, yeah, it is. It's a pain. Um, I hate it. I really do hate it, but it's a, it's a necessity. It's an evil necessity for running a business for, for us, for Kyle and I to quit our nine to fives, like we have to have some growth on social media. Like for us to be able to do what we want to do, like we need to show people why they should care. And it's no secret. Like I think that we just don't, we don't do that uh, as well as we should right now. Because like our, our I, I will say the, the brand, the products, like the company as a whole is fantastic. I don't think that we could have made it any cleaner, any more professional or any more well-branded. But now it's like, okay, well, now you have the company, you're in a rhythm, right? It's, it's everything you want it to be. But why aren't you selling out of everything? Because if you still have inventory, it's like, okay, well, how can you move the inventory? Why are you not selling out? Well, I, I truthfully think that a big percentage of it comes back to our personal brand. People not knowing who we are, people not caring as to like 
who we are or how to find the company or why should they support the company, this and that, like it's, it's a struggle and it doesn't happen overnight. Right. Like the people that go viral, for example, there's videos, there's posts leading up to that one viral post. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, Kyle and I are going to continue to do what we've been doing. I, I do think that we're going to brainstorm more on how to get our personal brand more out there and be face to face with people and maybe do some events. I, I don't know what the answer is, but I mean, something's got to give, <laughs> something's got to give. That's we'll for figure sure. it out. So I'm sure we will figure it Gotten out this far. Already. Um, yeah, this far, and we're going to continue to keep going. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about for social media? So just to sum it up, taking things at face value, manufacturing, social media have been, they've been the three biggest challenges that we've faced since we've started this easily. Uh, we have, I'm sure, a few challenges out there that um, obviously like we're still facing and that we've are still trying to figure it out. But yeah, those three take the cake, especially because they're the biggest ones. Like we, we there's challenges on a daily basis, but you know, those three big challenges we just mentioned, like those ones are continuous. They have to be. So we hope that you liked and found value in this show. If you did, please feel free to share it with your friends. Don't let these challenges deter you from going out there and chasing your dreams. I know that they're scary and you're probably going to have challenges of your own. Some that are similar to ours, some that are different than ours. But if you want it, you got to go out there and, and take it, find a way to take it. So we appreciate you taking the time to listen. Come be a part of the Envision Nation Discord. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Pinterest at Official Iron Pulse. But don't worry, if you prefer email, you can still subscribe to the Iron Pulse Report by visiting shopironpulse.com. And remember, no matter what you do, Y'all in.